0: You are dying now. One thing I know is I know that not uh, that I'm not going to live forever. Now I understand that, and I think most of you get that as well. But I think where a lot of us are is that is mainly sort of like head knowledge. You know, we think that, or we, you know, we know that we don't live forever, and yet somehow in the back of our minds we're thinking I'm going to be able to cheat it somehow, and I'm going to be the one guy that is that is actually going to live forever. Uh, but the older I get, the more I'm beginning to understand that there is, there's a lot of truth in the fact that we don't live forever. Um, I'm finding this out physically. You know, the, the stuff that I used to do uh, in the past, it, it now I can still do some of it. It just it hurts more. Um, it, it, as an example, I like to play golf, but now it's gotten so pathetic, I, actually, I have to stretch before I play golf and so I'm starting to realize life is is getting shorter and shorter and then last week it became it was very apparent to Emily and I when we dropped off our oldest son for college and so you know we we dropped him off and we're driving back and I looked over at Emily and see that this was sort of a frightening statement but it was true I said do you realize that there's a really good chance that within the next 10 years we could be grandparents yeah how scary is that I mean, I'm sitting there looking, I'm telling Emily that, and I'm looking, I'm saying, we are too good looking, you know, to be grandparents. But that's, life is just, you know, it's just sort of flying by, and so it's just amazing to me. But I look at that song that the band just sang, and and he's talking about taking advantage of the life that you have right now. Of course, in the lyrics, you're very familiar with them. I went skydiving, I went Rocky Mountain climbing, I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. That's my favorite part of the whole song. And then the next line is, and I loved deeper. Now, there is a lot of wisdom in those words. And I truly believe that the best way that you can live your life where you spend it, you know, not just live it, but where you spend it, and you spend it well, is by loving. And the Bible talks a whole lot about love. There's actually an entire chapter that's known as the love chapter. First Corinthians chapter 13, and the very end of the chapter says, "Now abides faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. If our lives are to be marked as extraordinary, if you want your life to be seen as being different and being powerful, it can be if you are a person who loves, a person who loves." deeper and who loves stronger. And that's how you can take your life to the next level in your living. Because I promise you, if you live a life of love, when you come to the end of your life, you can know you've lived your life well. And you can know that when God looks at you, He's not going to be disappointed with you, but He's going to be pleased with you because you've been a person of love. Now the question is, what exactly is love? well today in our scripture we're going to see the story of a really extraordinary lady named Mary who gives us a great picture of what love is and so if you have your Bible we're just going to very briefly look in John chapter 12 the first eight verses and and what we're going to see is what it means to love and I believe that as you love that it is a mark in your life that you really belong to God And I think when we talk about being Christians and we talk about belonging to God we ask questions like well you know, what exactly does it mean to be, you know, a disciple? You know, a disciple of Jesus. And I think for some of us, we think, well, it means if I'm a disciple, I've got to have a lot of Bible knowledge. And then there's nothing wrong with that. Those are good things. Uh, for others of us, it means, you know, we think, well, it means you need to be a member of a church, or you need, to give, you need to give to charity and those kinds of things. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But the mark that really demonstrates in your life that you're God's, that you belong to Jesus, it's love. Jesus said in John 13, 35, By this all men will know that you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. Now in John chapter 12, in verses 1 through 8, we're going to see the story. Uh, it's kind of a strange story. Uh, Jesus gets invited to a dinner party, and it's at Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. Now, this is the same Lazarus that just a few days before, if you look back in our text, Jesus raised this guy from the dead. And so, you know, I figure if you know if you get raised from the dead, probably a good idea to invite that guy over for dinner, right? And so they invite Jesus over, and they, they decide they're going to have dinner together. And so it's just a really, a really neat, a really neat thing that's going on here. But what's interesting is you think that that it would be a you know, a, a great celebration, a great time. Now in one sense it was, but it was six days before the Passover. And if you're familiar with the Passover, the Passover was, a, really a, it was a dinner or celebration that signified God releasing the Hebrew people out of Egyptian captivity under a guy named Moses. And that happened, you know, hundreds of years before. Now at this point, this is the week where Jesus is going to go to the cross. Now, these people don't really know this, but it's, it's kind of interesting. It happens right here with Passover. And so as the people were celebrating freedom from Egyptian captivity, Jesus is getting ready to go and be a sacrifice for the people that they might have freedom from the bondage of sin. Now, Mary, the lady in our text, seems to be understanding that there's something unusual getting ready to take place with Jesus. And so she wanted to express love to Jesus in a way where he understood that she loved him deeply. And that's my hope for us, that we're going to be able to look at this story and learn some lessons or see some ways that we can love God deeply so that he knows and so that people around us understand that we are tied in to our God. So how do we do it? You know, how do we take our love to the next level to where we truly love deeper? Well, it it all begins with this. If we we are going to love God in a way or love in a way that goes deeper, we have to go big. If you're going to love deep, let me encourage you like Mary did. Go big in how you love. Now look with me in the first three verses. It says, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, the one Jesus raised from the dead. And so so they gave a dinner for him there, and Martha was serving them, and Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. And then Mary took a pound of fragrant oil, pure and expensive nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped his feet with her hair. So the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. Now, we use the word love in, in so many different contexts and ways. It's kind of hard to, to define exactly, you know, what is love? And I think about the ways that we use the word love. You know, I, I love ice cream. And I love, you know, I love I love the song the band just played. And then I top it off by saying, and I love my wife. Now, you use it like that, then you're like, okay, then what's the difference between your wife and ice cream? Right? I mean, you know, we, just, we just use the word so loosely that it's, it's hard to get a good, sort of a good grasp on what exactly is love. What does it mean? Well, Mary gives us a great picture of what real love is all about. She gives us an example of it. She defines it for us in the way that she lives. Now, here's what's going on at this time. They have a dinner for Jesus. A few days before, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. And you'd think, I mean, you know, that's a pretty big event, Right? And you think everybody would be excited about this, this kind of miracle that was taking place. But not everybody was excited about it. Uh, the religious leaders of the day actually were angry about what Jesus had done. Now how can you be angry at raising a dead person back to life? Well, they're afraid Jesus was horning in on their territory. They're like, man, he's going to get more popular than us. Uh, they didn't see him as a savior. Instead, they saw Jesus as a threat and so they wanted to do wanted to do whatever they could to get rid of Jesus, and it's interesting. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, and here's what they said: John eleven fifty three and fifty four. It says, "So from that day on, the Pharisees plotted to kill him." And I think the logic here is absolutely nuts. I mean, what's Jesus just done? He's raised a guy from the dead. He raised a guy from the dead. He's got power over death. So what are we going to do? Well, let's go kill him. I mean, I look at that and I think that doesn't make any sense at all. But it says, therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but departed from there to the countryside near the wilderness. People knew Jesus' life was in danger at this point. I mean, he wasn't hanging out in public too much. There's a lot of attention being expressed towards him. And Mary knew this, And so when Jesus came over, she wanted to express her devotion to Jesus. Now, they did this at a dinner for Jesus, but she wanted to take it to a new level. She said, if I'm going to love Jesus, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go big. I want people to see that I love Jesus. Guys, that is an encouragement and a conviction for me. If I'm going to love Jesus, I need to love Him big. Now there's a lot of us, we, you know, we're willing to love Jesus, but you know, we're, kinda, we're willing to love Him like a little bit. You know, I love Jesus, you know, I'll go to church. You know, I'll, I'll love Jesus and, and I'll be able to, to show it and that, you know, I'm, I pr- I'll pray before we have lunch. Mary said, I'm going to go big. Well, what'd she do? Our text says that she took a pound of perfume. That's what it talks about, the oil. This is perfume. And she poured it out all over the feet of Jesus. Now, when we talk about perfume here. We're not talking about, We're not talking about Old Spice. You know, we're not talking about chaps. Y'all remember chaps? I had that. Uh, that that's not what we're talking about. We're not even talking about, you know, acts. We are talking about tremendously expensive perfume. It says it was worth 300 denarii. Now, what that is, that was worth a year's salary. Is that crazy? This is her nest egg. This is her 401k. And what does she do with it? she takes it and she pours it out on the feet of Jesus doesn't say she dabs a little bit on his feet you know, she's like, I'll love you a little bit Jesus I'll show you a little bit of my love, she takes it all and she pours out everything that she's got on the feet of Jesus, why? because she wanted to go big with Jesus and show him in a big way that she loved him isn't that a cool story? Yeah, a lot of us we're we're afraid to love Jesus. We're, love to, love to, we're afraid to love him big. Guys, let me tell you something. When you love big, it gets people's attention. People notice that kind of love. Now, not speaking of love, I want to talk to you about going big. A good example of this is uh, the, the company Apple. The, the company Apple. Now, they're obviously tremendously innovative. I mean, if you have. Uh, you know, I've, I've got an iPhone, so it looks like on the surface, you might say, well, he's really tech-savvy. I'm not, but I look like I know what I'm doing because i got one of those phones. So people love Apple, and they love because they're innovative, because their products are good. But here's a, a real big reason why people love Apple so much. It's because they have great customer service. I read a great story about, uh, about customer service from Apple. There was a guy who bought an iPad. And he got it in the mail, and his, his wife saw it, and she walked in, and she said, we can't afford that, you're sending it back. Okay, and guys, some of you, I know that most of y'all can't identify with that. I can't either, but some of you might be able to. So he was scared of his wife. And you know what he did? He packed it up, and he sent it back. But he sent it back, and he put, he asked for, a, he said, I need a reimbursement, and he put a little simple note on the iPad, said, wife said no. Now, Apple got it. A few days later, he was surprised when he got a package back from Apple. And when he opened it up, in the package was his iPad and a reimbursement check. And there was a little post-it note that was on his iPad, and it said, Wife said no, Apple says yes. Isn't that a cool story? I mean, I'm sending back everything I got right now. Maybe I'll get a reimbursement check. They're just a great story. Now, that story got out, and it spread like wildfire. And you know what? There's a great, there's a great commitment and devotion to that product. Because in so many ways, they are willing to go big. Guys, let me tell you something. Our world needs to see believers going big with God. You know, not so that we can get something back, but because people need to see and know that. The kind of God that we serve now, how, how do we go deeper In our love? We go big How do we go deeper in our love? How do we go in a, in a way that we take it to the next level Well this is the next one We go deep you know, if, you're, if you're really going to tap in To who God is You have to go deep with Him Now look with me in verse number 4 It says, then one of His disciples Judas Iscariot This is not the good one said he was the one about to betray him. said, why wasn't this fragrant oil sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? And he didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He was in charge of the money bag and would steal part of what was put in it. Now, as I said earlier, love is kind of something that's hard to define and describe because we, we use that term so loosely. You know, we use it for so many different things. And we, and we love everything. But real love, deep love, is noted because it is sacrificial. And there's not many people who are willing to love like that. It's something that's really rare. Deep love is rare because it costs. If you really love somebody, there is a cost that comes with it. You know, take a look at Judas. I mean, Judas is a guy that was one of the original disciples. He'd seen Jesus perform miracles. He'd seen Jesus raise people from the dead. He had heard Jesus's incredible teaching. And yet, he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Now, his love wasn't for Jesus. His love was for himself. His love was, "What can I get out of Jesus?" It wasn't, "What can I give to Jesus. And, and Jesus says, if you're going to love me, He says, you have to die, die to yourself. To deny yourself. Follow me. Man, that's tough. And that's, that's very difficult to do, because so much of what we do is very much centered around, you know, me. You know, we make decisions. It's, how is this going to affect me? You know, how is this going to affect my life? Now, the fact is, you can go after all that you want, and you can get all that you want. But when you come, when you come to the end of life, guys, let me tell you, it doesn't get you anything else. The only thing it does is, if you go after yourself, it's all temporary. It still leads to death. But you go after God, you go after Him deep and strong, He gives life. We're told in Romans 8, 6 and 7, for the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. For the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it doesn't submit itself to God's law. For it's unable to do so. Judas was all about himself. He was all about what can I get. And when Mary gave this incredible gift, what does he do? Starts griping about it. He says, I can't believe she, and it makes sense to me. I can't believe she dumped out all that perfume. You know, a year's salary on the feet of Jesus? I mean, how's that helpful? Yeah, we could have taken this and sold it and given the money to the poor. That's a good, that sounds good, right? We're like, yeah, but he's, he's on to something here. But his, his motives are not pure. It says he was a thief. He wanted them to sell it because more than likely he was thinking, and I could have got some extra cash out of this whole thing. And it's real easy for me to look at this story and say, you know what, Judas is a dirt bag. As I say that and think that, I begin to realize, you know, I have a whole lot more tendencies like Judas than like Mary. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough for me to love deep, because if I love deep, it means sacrifice. If I love deep, it means inconvenience. And I, I get, you know, it's kind of sad, but there's times I look at myself and I think, you know, I I like myself more than anybody. <laughs> That's not good. I'm very selfish. And very self-centered in everything that I do. But real love for people is marked by the depth of sacrifice. Jesus is a great, a great example of this kind of love. Jesus said this in Matthew 20, 28. He said, the Son of Man did not come to, to be served, but to serve. To give His life as a ransom for many. And when He served, what did, what did He do? He served you. You and me might have life. Jesus said in John eleven twenty five 25, and 26, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, ever. Now Mary knew this. And when she saw how Jesus loved her, you know what she wanted to do? She wanted to love him back. Yeah, it, Have you discovered that when you know somebody loves you, it's, it's easier to love him back, isn't it? When your spouse loves you, what do you want to do? You want to love them back. When God loves you, that's our, our desire should be to love him back. How do we love him back? Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You don't love him back, keep his commandments. Now, have you looked at his commandments? When you go through the Old Testament, you start reading through the commandments, you're like, good grief. There's a bunch of them. Well, if I keep all that, I mean, how do you love God by keeping all of his commandments? Now the good news is Jesus simplified the list for us. In Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. So this first and greatest commandment, the second's like it. He said, Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. God says, Listen, you want to express love to me? He said, Love me and love other people. And you do that, then you're fulfilling the commandments. Guys, are, are, are you hungry to love deeper? Are you hungry? Are you hungry to love like Mary did? than it goes with sacrifice. You have to go deeper. Let me give an example. A few years ago, actually, I guess uh, eleven years ago, Emily and I we moved to moved to Blythewood for our family. I uh, moved into our house, and within uh, within a couple of months, our well went dry. And uh, um, the guy in the pink shirt, Brantley, we actually got the house from him. Thanks, Brantley. So uh, the house, uh, the well went dry. And if y'all, if y'all know anything about, you know, I didn't. If you know anything about wells, you know that's that's all we had. And so that's your water source. And if it goes dry, it's hard to live without water. I mean, y'all know that. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, so that what does that mean for you? It means you can't bathe. Uh, means you don't have anything to drink. Means you can't wash the dishes. It was miserable. And so we we you can't just say, well, you know, this too shall pass. I and mean, we had to get water. And so we had somebody come out and he looked out and he said, Well, your your well went dry because the previous owner was a moron. No, I'm kidding. He said, Your well, said your well, your well went dry because y'all had a sand well. He said, so when the water table dropped, then you, you just had no water. He said, if you're gonna get water and have a good supply, you gotta go deep. And he said, you know, this over here where y'all lives on the other side, of seventy seven. He said, there's granite. probably we'll have to drill through granite. And uh, he said, now they charge. I don't know if y'all. Know, they charge by the foot. Ten dollars. This is. Back, I don't know what it is now, but back then it was ten dollars a foot. And so I'm praying, God, please let them strike water at seven inches. You know. And so, well, they struck water at seven hundred feet. Isn't that awesome? I was so excited. I was like, man. I mean. I, Keep going deeper when we hit oil. Uh, say 700 feet. Now you can do the math. But you know what? When they, when they hit water, we never ran out again. Now was it costly? Oh yeah. But you know what? If I hadn't been willing to pay the cost, I never would have had my thirst satisfied again. That's, I'm spiritualizing this, Emily. Never would have had our thirst satisfied again. Now there's a lot of people who spiritually are dry, You are empty, and you feel like that just between you and God, there is nothing. I can tell you one reason why. If you want to be filled and have your thirst quenched, you have to go deeper. And it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you time. It can cost you spending your gifts, changing your focus from you to God. But it is worth it. Mary got it. She gave up her nest egg. She got it. Judas didn't. How do we take our love to another level? We go big. Our world needs to see us going big. We go deep. And it's the last thing I want you to see. We love now. You want your love to go to a new level? Practice it. And practice it now. Verse 7, Jesus answered, leave her alone. She's kept it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. In these two verses, Jesus is responding to the criticism of Judas. Judas is griping. He's like, we could have sold this and given it to the poor. I mean, we could have done a whole lot better with this. And Jesus said, leave her alone. He said, you don't, always have, you don't always have me with you. You always have the poor, but you don't always have me. Now, it was customary, before or after a person died, that you would anoint their body with perfumes and spices. This is what is like an embalming process. They did this with Jesus. As a matter of fact, in John 19, 40, it says, then they took Jesus' body, they took it off the cross, they wrapped it in linen cloths with the aromatic spices according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now, the thing that's so neat about what Mary did is she anointed his body before Jesus died. And here's what I think is neat about that. That when you're dead, you don't appreciate it. But when you're alive, you get to experience it. Mary wanted Jesus to see and know that she loved him. And she said, I'm going to love you now. Guys, this is is one of the lessons for us. Some of us, we say, I'm going to love Jesus later. You know, I'm going to express my love to him whenever I get a chance to do whatever it is that I want to do. And then I will love him love him now. Jesus said you always have the poor with you, you don't always have me. Now Jesus wasn't saying you're not supposed to care for people. It's not a, this is not a politically incorrect statement Jesus is making. Jesus is saying time is short. I'm not here forever. You'll love me? Do it now. Lesson for us? Our lives are short. So they're say, well I'm going to really get serious about God later. You don't, have, you don't know how much time you have. You don't love God? You love Him deep, you love Him hard, you love Him big, and you do it right now. That's what Jesus did for you. Jesus stepped in front of the oncoming train of destruction, the penalty of sin, and He took the full brunt of it, because He loved you now. And that actually changes your life you want to honor God? you want Him to see the depth of your love. You love Him now. How do I do it? You keep His commandments. What are they? You love God. You love others. That's why, I mentioned this last week, one of the ways we want to love big in our church, we want to be obedient to God, what God's called us to do. We want to love others. We believe one of the ways that we love others is to be prepared to expand the ministry of our church so we can love others. Not for us, for God. Say, God, you've loved, you've loved us, and we want to love you. How do we love? How do we take it to the next level? Go big. Give big. Go deep. Give deep. Love now.